Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Thank you so much for joining us here on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is something that I know you care greatly about, and that is the COVID-19 vaccinations that still across this country and elsewhere, few people are saying, yes, uh, we're below 50 percent uh, who've been vaccinated. Uh, and that puts a lot of people at risk. It does, Ron. Um, you know, it's a conversation that I'm having on almost a daily basis, trying to um, talk to patients about the reasons why they're uh, refusing vaccination. You know, we talk about the, all the different possible concerns that they have and try to, you know, reduce some of those uh, worries and fears to encourage them to get their vaccines. But yes, we're, you know, daily basis, we're still having those conversations with patients. Well, we're delighted to welcome on WellMed Radio, Dr. Elisa Holland. She is a WellMed physician at WellMed at Bayside in Tampa, Florida, earned her medical degree at Florida State University, completed her residency at Texas Health Presbyterian Hospital in Dallas, Texas. Dr. Holland is board certified in internal medicine. Dr. Holland, thank you so much for coming on with us. Thank you so much for having me. Are you seeing resistance among your patients and others to getting the vaccine? Unfortunately, Yes, yes, I understand. Unfortunately, yes, I, I do see quite a bit of resistance. It, it seems to be stemmed mostly out of fear and uh, and inaccurate information. And so, as Dr. Charles mentioned earlier, uh, you know, we spend a lot of our days um, talking with patients about their hesitancies and and why they're worried to get that vaccination, um, so that we can empower them with information to. Um, maybe go forward and get that vaccine and help keep them safe. Well, there is so much disinformation out there. Uh, we have younger children and uh, have, have had some babysitters who we said, if you're going to babysit for us, you need to be vaccinated. Uh, and, and one has done that. Uh, the other one has said, no, she's not going to do it. And we asked her why. And she said, well, she heard if you get the vaccine, the government will be following you. I think they're, they're to be a general worry about somebody watching. And, and I think that the science has kind of gotten lost. And what we spend a lot of our time doing is reminding patients that we're, we're hunting truth and we're using science to do it. And so we try to empower them with facts uh, and not stories, um, credit, uh, credible data so that they can make a make a knowledgeable decision rather than maybe making a decision off hearsay. You know, the temptation, of course, is to say, all right, don't get the vaccine, you die. But there was a wonderful piece in the New York Times the other day about not using intimidation to try to encourage people to get the vaccine, but rather reason with them uh, on the substance of the signs. You're absolutely right. The reality is, is that we're, we're adults here and, and we are allowed to make our own decisions, but we really should make our decisions in an informed manner. 
and, and understand what those consequences are. And so I absolutely do not condone any sort of fear tactic. But I also don't hide the risk of what happens, what can happen by not getting a vaccination. I, I don't sugarcoat. I give honest truth facts. Well, we have a good friend who, who got uh, COVID-19, chose not to be vaccinated. Uh, both he and his wife, their three children, and his in-laws all got COVID-19. He was the most serious hospitalized, uh, still in the hospital. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's a guy 50-some years old. You'd think they'd know better. Uh, well, first and foremost, I, I wish the best for your friend and his whole family. Um, you know, it's it's truly disheartening when I hear those stories, and, and I hear them so often, I, every day. Um, and and it's sad for me because that's that's a case that maybe could have been prevented. I want to talk with you in just a minute about the virus, but first let me remind folks who may have just joined us, you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Maurice Charles, and we're talking in Tampa, Florida, with WellMed physician, Elisa Holland, and we're talking about COVID-19, the vaccine, uh, and that virus that swept across this country in epidemic fashion. But it's amazing when, when you think about it, most of us were not alive during the flu of 1918, so we don't have that kind of experience. But we can remember uh, concerns over Ebola, concerns over uh, other viruses. And, and I guess, Dr. Holland, uh, give us the 411 on a virus. Why are they so not only deadly, but spread so quickly? A virus has the ability to do something that is very dangerous, which is mutate. A virus has the ability to recognize that the road is coming to an end. It recognizes how to get around that barrier and can change itself to get around that barrier. And so we have to be smarter than the virus. And, and so that's what vaccination is about, is being smarter than the virus, getting in front of the virus, um, and trying to keep it from trying to lower the infection enough that it doesn't mutate to get around whatever barriers we're trying to create. And now, of course, some of the concern are so-called breakthrough uh, infections where people who have been fully vaccinated, my wife and I have been fully vaccinated since last February. But we certainly hope uh, that our younger kids that are under the age of 12 can get vaccinated uh, as soon as they approve that vaccine. Uh, but people who have been protected are still coming down with a form of that virus, are they not? Yeah, the unfortunate truth is that that is the case. And uh, there is a new variant of COVID-19 out right now. We're calling it the Delta variant. And it is much more transmissible than the Alpha variant. Uh, and so, yes, unfortunately, sometimes even in vaccinated patients, uh, they are getting breakthrough infections. It is still happening more often in non-vaccinated people. So the recommendation is still to move forward as quickly as possible with getting fully vaccinated. And as I understand it, Dr. Charles, those who get these breakthrough infections uh, generally don't end up in the hospital and don't face death. So, yes, that is, you know, to, to talk about, like, if you're still going to possibly get it, then why vaccinate? But the truth is that the vaccine is effective. The vaccine does reduce the severity. And we can't promise that you're not going to get the coronavirus, uh, you know, the COVID infection. But 
odds are in your favor if you're vaccinated that the course would be a lot shorter, that the symptoms would be a lot less severe, and the risk of hospitalization is also a lot less if you've been vaccinated. There's also the, the point that if you are vaccinated, you're less likely to pass that virus on to a lot of other people, which that's been one of the things with this particular virus that every person that gets infected with COVID is able to pass it on to maybe five or six other people. And that grows exponentially so fast. And that's how this pandemic has managed to spread so uh, rapidly across Dr. the world. Dr. Holland, we're seeing hospitals once again filled with patients, ICUs uh, overflowing with patients. Uh, how do we put an end to that? How, how do we get folks to protect themselves? Well, so it really goes back to that that one very crucial statement earlier of needing to get ahead of the virus. And, and the only way to get ahead of the virus is to get vaccinated so that that virus can infect fewer people and I think that the barrier to vaccination is education. So I really think, how do we get ahead of it? How do we try and make this better? We spread good information and try to dissuade people from listening to opinion versus fact. And mask wearing turns out to play an important role in all that. Certainly, certainly. Uh, you know, there's, there's a huge amount of data behind wearing masks, hand hygiene, you know, th the reality is this is a, once someone gets infected with a COVID viral agent, it's very hard to get through that without getting infected, without, without getting symptoms. But this little virus is killed so easily with soap and water, killed so, it's so fragile. So if we could all just remember, wash your hands, keep your mask on, keep your distance. All of those things that we were taught a little over a year ago is, is so imperative that it is reinforced to the nth degree right now because, you know, yes, education is important, but knowing something and, and uh, you know, not taking care of yourself and, and not physically preventing it from leaving your body, you know, that's, that's a big part too. It's interesting, Dr. Charles, this time of year, uh, we would begin talking about uh, remembering to get your flu vaccine. Flu season is coming. Uh, it's just around the corner. Uh, I think it's also true, is it not, to both of you, uh, that with mask wearing and hand washing, we've actually seen a decline in the number of flu cases. That's true. Um, this past flu season, we did not see quite as many um, flu cases because the hand washing and the mask wearing was quite effective at reducing the spread of the flu virus. However, the, the coronavirus is more transmissible. It is more infectious. And, um, you know, the, it is able to spread even, um, you know, with just a small, a short period of time without the mask. And that's why the, the masks are so important and why it's so imperative to be diligent about the hand washing and the mask wearing more so now. Um, we are still, of course, recommending flu vaccination as well, because now that a lot of the mask mandates have been lifted and people are spending more time um, in stores and in, you know, public places without masks on, because a lot of people are, um, the, um, the odds are that we'll start seeing flu cases as well. 
and there's no guarantee that a person couldn't get both coronavirus and flu at the same time. And that would be obviously doubly uh, devastating. We'll talk more about this in a moment. And I want to come back to Dr. Holland as we come back and talk about what asymptomatic means and how that puts folks at risk. I'm Ron Aaron. Dr. Marisa Charles, our co-host, is here, and we're talking on our WellMed Radio Hotline in Tampa, Florida, with Dr. Elisa Holland, a WellMed physician at the WellMed Clinic at Bayside. You're listening to WellMed Radio. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number, and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. Thank you so much for sticking with us right here on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Maurice Charles. She is a WellMed physician in San Antonio, Texas, a PCP, primary care physician. And we're talking on our WellMed Radio hotline down in Tampa, Florida, with Dr. Elisa Holland. She's with the WellMed at Bayside Clinic. And we've been talking about COVID-19, the vaccine, and why it's so important to get it. And Dr. Holland, a lot of us have learned a little bit about everything when it comes to like vaccines and viruses and medicine. And one is the term asymptomatic, uh, which would, I guess you'd think is an oxymoron. If you don't have symptoms, how can you pass that flu along? This is so interesting. So asymptomatic, you described it exactly. It means lack of symptoms, somebody who has an illness, but isn't exhibiting symptoms or isn't exhibiting them yet. Uh, And so those people can walk around for anywhere from two to 10 days or more uh, at risk of spreading that vaccinate that uh, I'm so sorry, that virus um, to others and they'll do it not knowing. So as Dr. Charles mentioned earlier, there are people, you know, mask mandates are being uh, taken away. More people are in stores and touching things and, you know, maybe having an occasional sneeze here or there that might not be related to COVID at all, could just be a sneeze. But the reality is that person could have COVID and if they're not wearing a mask and you're not wearing a mask, they're not washing their hands and you're not washing your hands, that can really increase the chance that that person is going to give you what they have. Well, in our household, there is a mask mandate and my wife is the enforcer. Uh, If we go out masks on us and on the kids, when we go into a store, go into a restaurant, which we do less and less now, uh, masks are mandated and she's pretty quick to notice how many people are not wearing masks far too many in my opinion i agree uh and i also agree with you mask mandates happen in my house as well and 
and uh, I find myself tapping my nose on occasion if I see, uh, you know, my daughter's one of them, uh, you know, mask drops a little bit, little tap on the nose to remind right. them to pick it back up. Um, but, but yeah, they, uh, it's important to remember to wear them. And, and unfortunately, I think not enough people are, I think there is an exhaustion, an exhaustion from this pandemic that has led a lot of people to be tired of of protecting themselves and protecting others and and our fight is not over it's so important so they let their guard down yeah there is quite a lot of fatigue yes and so we've been so vigilant and so scared for this whole time that once they started relaxing the rules everybody was like you know ripping off their masks and running around so happy but the the cases right now are going up, you know, and, and to a very alarming degree. And we are mm-hmm. seeing a lot more cases in the hospitals. And now school's about to start. And, you know, most of the kids are going back to in-person school this season. And so it remains to be seen how, you know, how that works, because right now we're only allowed to vaccinate uh, above the age of 12. So there's going to be a lot of children that although they get much less severe cases, they are spreaders, you know, they are the ones that can carry that virus to their other family members who may not fare as well. And so I'm 79, again, puts me at a high risk category. Uh, and our, our kids are really good about wearing their masks uh, in school and out of school. And we try to push that. Uh, but what about uh, Dr. Holland? Uh, there's been a lot of questions raised about booster shots and whether we're going to need those uh, if we've been vaccinated. Uh, what's your thought on that? Uh, I have to say, unfortunately, that I don't have a final opinion yet because there isn't enough data completed to make a final recommendation. What I can say is that there are studies that are being done. We are looking to understand if an additional, if a, if a booster will help our efficacy. If it will, when should it be given? How long will it last? So all these questions are being asked. I'm so happy to say that, uh, but we don't have our final answers yet. And for those under 12, do you have any sense of how close we are to a vaccine? Because we want to be first in line. Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm right there with you. We'll be <laughs> standing right next to you in that line. Um, I, I understand that we are still a couple of months away, but again, I know that they're still working on um, studies. They're still requesting authorization. And so, no, unfortunately, there's no final date on that either. And I guess one of the issues would be, and, and Dr. Charles and Dr. Holland, would be dosing. Uh, do kids under 12 need the same amount of juice as kids over 12 or as adults? Right, so I'm absolutely. Sure those are questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being those currently are, asked. Absolutely. So to figure out how 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 much you fill that syringe up, right? Right, right. There's plenty okay. of vaccines where kids have a little bit less given than adults. Now, in terms of the vaccine itself, when they were first rolled out, there were all kinds of questions about storage. Uh, they needed to be the Pfizer vaccine at really, really cold. Uh, is that still the case? And you know, are we stocking those vaccines now in clinics? So at my clinic here in Ingram, we are not carrying the, the vaccine just yet. Um, but the good thing is that most of the local pharmacies have got it down to a science. You know, we've got the CVSs and Walgreens that are carrying the vaccine and making it readily available. Um, as far as the temperature, I, I'm not sure. I think that they are still requiring the, the very low temperatures 
um, for storage of the vaccine. Dr. Holland, I don't know if you have any other comments. Yeah, I, I would I would echo all of Dr. Charles' sentiments. Um, we also do not have the vaccine. It is readily available on every in in most the pharmacies and the grocery stores. Uh, I, I agree also, I don't believe the recommendations on storage and temperature have changed. And then what about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine? Uh, that's just a one shot. There, of course, has been some concern about side effects. Uh, is that still being a recommended shot? It, it is still available. Um, the it, it, At this point, any I would rather a patient get any vaccine than no vaccine. And so um, I do know that there are some patients who are very afraid of needles and and there's a low chance of going for a second vaccine. And so I, I really like to um, use Johnson & Johnson recommendations as a tool for those situations where I fear that a second vaccine might not occur if someone gets a first and then won't go back for a second. I'd rather, uh, if I think it's just gonna be one shot, I think that's a great selling point for that one. Um, I do understand the efficacy isn't quite as high as the other two. Uh, but again, all of the vaccines are helpful in reducing severe disease, hospitalization, and death. And no vaccine has been recommended officially over another. And Dr. Charles, you mentioned just a while ago, you want folks to get both of the COVID-19 vaccine. And as we move into flu season, to get that flu vaccine as well. I gather those don't interact with each other. You can get them both. You absolutely can get them both. Yeah, there's been no, um, no nothing that has shown that you can that you need to hold one and give the other. You can absolutely have them both at the same time even. Um, and so the, the flu vaccines normally come out maybe beginning of September. Um, we recommend that people get them in October. October is usually a good time to get the flu vaccines. Of course, the coronavirus vaccines, the COVID vaccines, you can get them at any time. The sooner the better, um, and we highly recommend that. Um, I was gonna ask Dr. Holland, because um, a question that I get very often from patients is, you know, with my medicines and my conditions, you know, is it safe for me to get that vaccine? Are there any conditions where you would recommend against the vaccine? In my experience, the only true contraindication is an anaphylactic reaction, which is a throat closing reaction to an ingredient in the vaccination. So it almost no circumstances uh, have have had that at the base. It's been it's been other questions. It's been other reactions. Um, but I haven't come across anybody who's actually had an anaphylactic throat closing reaction to an ingredient in the vaccination that would have prevented them from getting it. Otherwise, I'm saying yes. What are some of the other questions, Dr. Charles and Dr. Holland, that you get from patients about the vaccine? I'll, well, I will say probably a concern is that patients are very worried about how they'll feel after the vaccination. Uh, there are a lot of people who will talk about not feeling well for a couple of days and so they will bring that up as their concern and, and they'll wonder, okay, what's gonna happen to me after I get my vaccination because my friend got it and didn't feel well for two or three days after. And so, you know, I give them the example of my own household. 
Uh, I had a little bit of arm soreness for a day or two, nothing bad. My husband got it and he didn't feel well for a day or two, but it, it didn't stop either of us and, and our experiences were different. So I try to remind people that somebody else's experience doesn't mandate what's going to happen to you. And I also remind them that a couple of days of a vaccine side effect is still better than getting that illness and uh, because you didn't get vaccinated and risking hospitalization. And it beats death. It beats death. Absolutely. Beats death every time, right? And Dr. Charles, questions you're getting? You know, very similar. You know, it's people that are that are worried about having bad side effects. It's people that are worried about having reactions or long lasting effects from the vaccine. A lot of people that will say they they don't want to do it because it's technically still considered um, uh, experimental. But, you know, the volume of people that have received this vaccine at this point in time is, you know, in the millions and the reactions and side effects that have been documented about the vaccine are very low. And um, so bottom line is I recommend that they get the vaccine, be it Moderna or Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson. You know, those are the, the options that are available right now. It's a good idea. It is going to help them. And I do recommend it. Perfect. We are flat out of time. Dr. Holland, thank you so much for being with us. You did a wonderful job and we appreciate having you here. Thank you so much. I appreciated being here. You take care. For Dr. Marisa Charles, I'm Ron Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us right here on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.